Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What's going on, dear listeners? Pat DeBear here, and we are back, pack, back, pack, back again. Jansport just took over my body. And <laughs> I need to call though, a priest about that. <laughs> it's just so much fun to do. Are you, I was going to say, are you, are you, are you, so what is that song? It's from Dora the Explorer where she brings out backpack. Oh, God, back, I don't know. Backpack, backpack. No, I was just paying homage to Jan, just Jan. Formerly Jansport. Ah. But we are not doing any drag race on this episode. We will have a lot of drag race to talk about in the very near future because we might actually end the season <laughs> at some point. After 412 years, it's been <laughs> 87 years. Um, but we are back with another roundup episode. I'm joined today by BJ. Hello. And Brian. Hola. And we are here to talk about the month in pop culture. We're also going to give a huge shout out and happy birthday to our compatriot, Eric. This episode will be dropping around his birthday, I think a day after his birthday. So if you're listening to this, just uh, wish him some happy birthday messages on Facebook. Uh, There'll be a happy birthday post there. You can spread some love and show him some birthday cheer on the facebooks but um he is not with us today because he's busy drinking he hates us (laughs) that's who he's he hates us so he's busy (laughs) drinking it happens (laughs) he's got curling and god knows what else he's doing raiding drinks he drinks to forget but he always remembers (laughs) he's going out for some hookers and blow for his birthday it's fine it's what you do at age 73. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is it his birthday or are we just going to, is, are we getting him drags for his birthday? Is that what we're doing? This is the roast welcome. of Eric. Yes. Welcome to the roast of Eric. Let's get this roast to cooking. Ah. Sorry, I'm doing my best pheromone for you all. <laughs> well, we are here to talk about the month in pop culture. It is our April Roundup episode. We have three topics. We've got some one-ups. I won't even say three because sometimes we, we pull out multiple one-ups. I was going to say. <laughs> I think I only have one this time. I think you have two on the docket, sir. Actually, actually this I in, in standard fashion, it has already changed to like... <laughs> It's already changed like three times, and one is just a quick shout out, and one is definitely some surprising news for me. Y'all probably probably already knew, but I'm going to wait to tell you till the end of the episode, so it forces people to either skip to the end or listen to the whole episode. Oh, I don't know <laughs> if I know. I'm excited or come on, foreshadowing. I love it. I love it. Well. Let us go ahead and dive into the world of pop culture. Brian, why don't you kick us off with your topic? What are you talking about? So, What you talking about, Willis? I uh, I don't know. In true COVID era, because I think we're still in that fashion, I was sitting there trying to think about what I was going to talk about. And I was like, I don't even know what I have watched in the last time since I recorded. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, what did I... And, and mostly watch, because honestly, I, I just don't have any energy for many other forms of media these days. However, in, in some tribute to the, the subject matter, it occurred to me very late and in a very specific like moment of my day, uh, mainly about 20 minutes prior to this episode recording, I uh, it hit me. I watched the show Severance, which is the new uh, office workplace sort of dystopian future uh, series uh, from uh, Apple TV or on Apple TV from the minds of, uh, well, production company, uh, Ben Stiller, uh, his production company. And um, it's a really weird show. And I'm not going to spoil much because honestly, it's one of those shows that the less you know going into it, I think the more interesting it is. And and certainly little, little key surprises are kind of, crucial to the story, but high level elevator pitch of the show is that you can sever your working uh, life from your home life. And uh, I still need to dig into the inspiration where this came from. It reminded me somewhat of my own profession, which is working for the, the government and having like t- having like things you can't talk about, like, you know, like what you're doing uh, during the, the work day with everybody, you know, it's kind of, maybe tied somewhat to that, but this is a dystopian sort of uh, cautionary tale story where it is not just, you can't talk about it. Like you literally have no capability because you have no memory of it. You're almost split into two distinct people sharing one body. Um, And so in that way you go to work and you get in the elevator and you go down, I believe, yeah, you're going down into the basement of this building of the Lumen Corporation. And once you're down there, like as you were kind of descending into hell or purgatory, you kind of undergo this shift. And that's the severance process. It's like a chip in your head. And they actually depict this very well. You sit there and you see a character, uh, Adam Scott plays the protagonist uh, of the show. And he, uh, 
he has this shift in his eyes and his posture. His whole demeanor just shifts. And in this case, it's actually kind of against what you'd expect. His, his day life is really sad and tragic. He actually lost his wife uh, fairly early on. You find out that you know, he's got this tragedy, this tremendous tragedy in his life. And so he went and took this position knowing that he could forget that for half of his day or, or less than half, but you know, a third of his day. And so the person that emerges from that elevator into the office is someone who actually is like probably what he was prior to having that trauma. Cause he doesn't remember that trauma. The, the, the innies, they call them the, the sort of inner uh, part of their, of their personality that is uh, awake during the office time. Uh, they are free from all external memories and so that trauma does not exist in a tangible way for him. So he can be like, you know, productive and do whatever he needs to do without distraction. That's kind of the, the idea here. So that's, that's like the A story. Like that's like the primary focus. But what is delightful about this uh, severance is that it goes beyond that. You get into what is this company? Why does this company have this, uh, the, the things that they do when they're severed, the, the office like work? Because they spend a lot of time in that environment, it's it's almost inexplicable. It like it doesn't make any sense. They're at a computer, very old school like CRT computer, and they're doing something with numbers. They're kind of sorting numbers into bins, and they have to sort them not by like tangible criteria, but by how it makes them feel. And so, if they look at a number and that number makes them anxious, they actually take that and they move it to the the anxious bin. So it's like, none of it is like, it doesn't make sense. It's almost in a, in a sort of a timeless bubble where you have a mix of very old sort of seventies uh, or even before that uh, mid-century modern uh, kind of uh, like what we thought like the Jetsons would be kind of future, but, but very old school. Kind of almost kind of like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, um, it's called, I know in Batman, the animated series, how they had like futuristic technology, but everything looked like it was like forever in like the fifties or sixties. Um, it's called dark deco, dark deco. I like that. So, so let's go with that. So yeah. it's, it's like, it's like a slightly more modernized version of dark deco. Cause I've seen, I've seen uh, production art and I've seen, uh, some, a trailer for it. Um, so yeah, it definitely gives that sort of dark deco weird sort of like, You've got you've got futuristic you've got super futuristic technology, but everybody still wears like a pantsuit or something. It seems like it's set in like the modern, like it's not meant to be really like a far future or anything. It's 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 yeah. meant to be contemporary. But this Lumen company has like this culture and this lore that seems to go back uh, at least a century or more, and they all worship uh, the Egan family. And they worship him in a way in that they like like treat Egan, uh, the, the progenitor of this company, like he is a, a messiah, a messianic figure. And they quote him and there's a whole like inner exhibit to him and his his greatness and the family lineage. It reminded me a little bit about when you played like Portal 2 and you started getting this weird backstory about the company and the founder of the company. And they would like do these little vignettes. Uh, I think it was, oh, was yeah. Thor, maybe. Anyway, uh, J.K. Uh, Simmons uh, delightfully voicing uh, this character. But anyway, it, it had a similar kind of like weird uh, thing. So that's like going on there, too. Then you get the office satire where it's taking like things like, oh, you've done really well this quarter. You get a bonus or you get a, a party. And it plays off that idea to give these most ridiculous 
ridiculous awards and most insane, like the, the, the highest prize that you can get if you do really well and you're the achiever of the, of the quarter is an, a waffle party. And they don't tell you what a waffle party is until the last episode or second to last episode of the season of the se- of the season. It did get renewed for season two, by the way. So if you're if you're uh, if you're all on the bubble because you're like don't know how it's going to go, that they, they, they are there is definitely more to come. Um, but the waffle party is like inexplicable. You're just like what, what a waffle party for really like it's it's like that is the biting satire. Uh, they they have elements of like. Um, you know, well, you know, instead of going to like a, a wellness center or a HR counselor, you go to this, uh, this wellness visit or this, I forgot what they call it, but there's this like thing where this woman, uh, who, who is played by the actress that played, uh, uh, Sierra in, um, oh gosh, what was the show that Dollhouse? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, oh, Sierra. Yeah, yeah. um, I, I, I need to look her name up. She's fantastic on this show. Um, she she like sits there and reads in a very hushed and like reassuring tone. Uh, she reads uh, things about your Audi, your Audi being the person who you're, you are in the outer world, which you know nothing about other than the, your name. Uh, she reads like uh, basically kind of like uh, like your 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 Audi is an accomplished pianist. Your Audi uh, has the respect of many of his compatriots like ridiculous like like okay who cares but to them it's like oh my god this is so reassuring and rewarding and it so so like there's so much of that in the office world and then you get outside the office world and it's also batshit because there's conspiracies going on about why people do or do not want severance possibly the use of severance and other things and other parts of society like having a baby when you're severed so you don't remember the trauma of childbirth uh yeah, it's like this show. I'm finally seeing people talk about it, but um, it is one of the most interesting original uh, shows I've seen in forever. Uh, Dykin Dickin Lockman is um, is the Dykin Lockman. Dykin yeah. Lockman, yeah. Uh, what she a great is, name. She's amazing. I love her. Um, two other things about this show. Uh, it is. It features some actors that I would never have expected to see us in this kind of production. Patricia Arquette plays the boss, Miss um, Cobell, and she's an interesting character. And she's very like, you know, there's stuff going on, but you don't know her motivations yet. You're still trying to figure that out. But she's like very, like a very hard, hard driving boss. You know, she's kind of a kind of a super successful, just driven woman. Um, John Turturro and Christopher Walken. They are in this piece. And again, amazing actors, very like well-recognized. <laughs> this in piece. Oh, I say that. And this, <laughs> Sorry, it, it was a Michelle Visage <laughs> uh, full reference there oh! with the giggle as well. <laughs> this wow. piece. I, this, the drag race the is infusing parts. into me. The, the same parts. Totoro um, <laughs> and Walken have this delightful sort of office romance. I will spoil that much. I will not tell you how it ends and how whatever, but I am not kidding you when I say it is an office romance and played by these. And I guess in real life, they're, they're good friends. And, um, but John Turturro is an amazing actor. Uh, I just started watching the, the, the Batman and I have not gotten to his part yet, but I'm very excited because anytime he shows up, I just, I just, I love him. Uh, and walk in. I mean, God, I didn't even realize he was still alive. Uh, <laughs> 
it's horrible to say that. Or Christopher Walken. Listen, I, I think in my head, he and Harvey Keitel are like, they're like almost the same person. So I knew Harvey Keitel had died. And so I think every time I see Walken is still alive, I think I'm misremembering that Harvey Keitel did. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's you said Harvey, own. and I swear you th- you said Cardi, and I was like, Cardi B? Like, you confused <laughs> Christopher Walken and Cardi B? <laughs> oh, my God. I was uh, very uh, confused. <laughs> my, my brain's already crazy, right? But, but yeah, so, so that's a delightful – they're just – they're fantastic. So, like, all of this, if any of this sounds interesting, if you, if you need a new uh, – I don't even know what genre, other than, like, a Black Mirror – I would say say, it's listed as thriller when I, when I Google search severance. Yeah. Yeah. Thriller is probably the best fit. I would say thriller slash speculative fiction, a la dark mirror, which is oftentimes and sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, very much got some sci-fi elements in it. So yeah. uh, Severance on H on HBO on Apple TV. It is worth that five bucks a month. There have been now at least four shows that I've really enjoyed on that, on that network. So, uh, for for five bucks a month, uh, you know it's 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 a it's a it's a pittance. It's a cup of coffee. Even you can uh, watch amazing television. For the I'm sorry, but I can't spend coffee. that. I can't, I can't spend that five dollars a month. Those extravagances are why I cannot afford a house. Oh. As a millennial in this world, it's, if I would just a, stop the avocado toast and the uh, Apple TV subscription, too I could much avocado a toast, man. You got to get out there and you got to work. Nobody right. wants to work anymore. Oh, All right, Kim Kardashian, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I thought you were doing like a Britney Spears kind of reference. Uh, uh, no, yeah. you, have you not seen that video, of Kim Kardashian talking about how nobody wants to nobody wants to go out and work? Oh, it's no. bad. No. Oh, it's yeah. bad. I give her the least amount of time I can in my uh, my life, right? Unless she I intrudes mean, upon even with her and Pete <laughs> Davidson and whatever. Anyway, I, I highly recommend the Severance. I would give it all the flames. Uh, not that we're reviewing it that way because it's not a movie. Um, please let me know if you like it and what you think and tell others because it is just, again, the best kept secret right now. So I've, I've seen it pop up on my timeline on Twitter um, once or twice, but I, I, I don't know. I need to start watching more new shows. Like there's what two seasons of Ted Lasso and it'll probably oh. be a third before I finally get around to watching that. This <laughs> has come up station 11. Um, so many shows that I need to watch and Apple TV like specifically. Uh, and I, I just haven't gotten around to it. Foundation and... is excellent. Highly recommend foundation. Um, Ted Lasso, definitely, which y- you of all people like need to watch Ted Lasso because of your appreciation for uh, Bill Lawrence. Um, we've talked about uh, this, I think. Yeah. I forgot that he was involved with that. Yeah. Oh, I probably should. Huge. <laughs> like he's, he, he is half of the equation as much of, you know, anyway, but yes, uh, Apple TV does a lot of good treasures. So please, uh, if you had been like disregarding it and, and I am not an Apple person, our present company can, can, can attest to this. I am absolutely the last person who would pay Apple for anything. Uh, Apple TV is a, a very, uh, a very good in- investment. Uh, not that it is, but you know, it's, it's really See, good. That's- so. That's why I don't pay for it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will give them any of my money um, unless I'm buying something off of iTunes because, but I don't do that that often. But uh, when you're talking about it, the workplace part of it, for some reason, really makes me think of WandaVision, uh, that first episode where Vision goes to work and it's like, what, what do we make here? <laughs> we don't make anything, but they're making computing forms, like just that kind of redundant kind of mindless work that Wanda was making them do. And then yeah. um, 
when they when these parts of their being are removed during the workday, do they just not have any of those memories? Because you're saying like the trauma is removed, but do they not remember like their spouse period? Correct. So you are fundamentally like a blank slate when you start at a company and then you um, – tabula rasa, if you will. Tabula rasa. For Buffy tabula. reference. Uh, <laughs> you, you build and memories. And I said goodbye to you. Goodbye to – oh, sorry. That's for any Buffy fans out there because if I say tabula rasa and you don't instantly think of the final scene of Michelle Branch singing at uh, the bronze – then you are not a true Buffy fan. That's 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 a good 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 callback. Uh, but no, it's it's you're a complete like you build memories of your time at work, and so your only memories. So it's it's if you really think about this as a like you're a you're just a new person, but you're sharing a body, and there's just absolutely no connection. Like that's that's their reality, and it's horrifying. It's hell, and that's what they explore because they don't ever leave work. They 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 physically leave work, but that entity, the any is always existing only in the office at first there are uh, there are things that happen and i will not spoil there are interactions between the innie and the audi that are still gonna happen like whether it's you know people seeing anyway there's there's things the shenanigans that will follow but it is a so it's a reverse dollhouse yes actually yes that's that's a good point. It's it's kind of a reverse dollhouse, yeah. <laughs> With Dyke and Lockman being part of it, it's even odder than okay, because that was also kind of like the weird thing about it. And I guess in the doll state, like you could program them to know how to do certain things, but it kind of it kind of makes you sit there and go, Okay, well, so if you don't have any of the memories or skills that you have as your outside person, like how are you a functional adult? even as a clean slate, yeah. you know, like there's that weird part of it. And I guess, I guess that's the, like, that's the conceit. You, you just kind of have to, yeah, maybe that there's yeah. those the suspension of disbelief of like, okay, this is how by, this is part of the programming is it gives you this kind of like baseline of skills to learn how to do the job and then continue on. Or exactly. maybe that's the point. Maybe the point, the, maybe the point is to see how people develop without, with with enough life experience to know that like hey I'm an adult but also once you once you take away trauma and certain skills you're not technically the same person yeah, uh, yeah. you were before so no it's making that case somewhat I don't know if they're going to yeah. lean in on that in the future seasons but uh, it, there's a lot it is I, I'm glad you mentioned Dollhouse even though I don't know why I didn't connect that because you're right I mean I can yeah anyway. It is it is in absolutely that same space of like, what does it mean to be a person, have memories? What does all of that interaction do to you? It, it's exactly in that same space, but with that extra satirical office sort of culture thing going. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, as an office comedy rather than kind of a, a thriller. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. BJ, have you watched Dollhouse? Huh? Yeah. Uh, Dollhouse, oh, okay. I would definitely describe as like a sci-fi thriller. Um, okay. A thriller mystery, a sci-fi thriller mystery would probably be the the accurate um, classification for Dollhouse. Oh, okay, I was going to say, ne- I wasn't sure if you had seen it because yeah. any listeners out there, I know that I know that Joss Whedon is uh, a very touchy subject in the world of pop culture, um, and I'm not saying that I support nor condone what he has done, but as a piece of media and art dollhouse is amazing 
it takes a couple of episodes because Fox, um, I know I'm just taking this on a whole other tangent, but <laughs> the first season of Dollhouse, when Fox put this together, they brought Whedon on based off of the Buffy and Angel work that he did and this overarching plot lines and like all of this stuff. And then basically cut him off the knees and said, no, we want kind of an episode of the week feel. The first five episodes are that way. He redid the first five episodes to be episode of the week, have that, um, that kind of feel. And then he was able to turn around and get them to let him do an overarching plot. And that was a much better format for the show. So if you have a chance, get past those first five episodes and then watch that first, uh, the rest of the first season and then epitaph one, which is the final piece of that first season ties back in and was what got them a second season to wrap up the story. And then epitaph two closes out the, the book on dollhouse so good so i can't recommend that enough and i'm now that i know more about what severance is like this may be something that i dive into next weekend and 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 kind of tackle and see if i can't get into that as well because it sounds right up my alley so i'm excited about that when somebody gives me their login i'll give it a what Awesome. So that is Severance. Apple TV. Go check it out. It's being highly recommended by this pod. So uh, let us know what you think if you've seen it. Or if you use this recommendation to go watch it, then uh, let us know in the uh, in our comments or message us and let us know what you thought. All right. Okay, so BJ, you're going to be up next. But before right. you tell the audience what you're going to be talking about, I think it's pretty funny that about two years ago the first installment of this was josh's last topic on the show was it was it josh yes. i thought it was eric no i'm pretty i'm like 99.99999% sure and this was the his topic at our last in-person recording oh my god when i was still living over there uh with him right before i moved out of Orlando. Oh, and I brought the cupcakes. I remember you were drunk. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of our recordings, but never, <laughs> never as bad as Brian at the Luke Cage. Oh uh, my god, uh, we, were, so, we were all. I was pretty much gone on that, that one because so he doesn't remember even recording that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, not as drunk as that. <laughs> but yeah, when you said that you were going to talk about this movie. I was like, oh my God, because so we're what, like two and a half, three weeks out from the last time, from the two year anniversary of our last in-person recording. Yeah. And that picture came up and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's been two years. And then we were getting ready for this one. And you were like, this is my topic. And I was just like, oh, wow. That would have been the April. We recorded at the end of March for the April podcast. Yeah, which would have been two years ago. So two years later, what is the what is the the next installment of this topic series that you're talking about today? <laughs> uh, so I am going to be talking about Sonic Two. Got to go fast. Um, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um. Yeah. So what's hilarious is I, me and uh, 
me and Adam were like, me and my friend Adam were like, hmm, what do we want to see? We want to see a movie. Um, and we decided we were going to go see Sonic 2. And I realized the night before at 11 o'clock at night, I'm literally settling in to go to bed. Uh, I did not see Sonic 1. I had not seen Sonic 1. I literally watched... You had two years. You had one job. (laughs) I literally had watched it in clips. I had watched it in, like, clips, and I thought I had seen it because I just literally looked up all the iconic scenes. Like I, You saw all the Olive Garden commercials? (laughs) Yeah. Because when you're here, you're family. (laughs) So I was like... I was like, okay, I saw it. And then, like, while I'm... I looked at a trailer, and then I was like... I was looking at some of the um, some of the uh, advertisement interviews, um, which I have I have a slight gripe on those um, advertisement interviews and all the publicity for the movie. And I was like, "Oh my god, I haven't watched this fucking movie!" And thankfully, uh, shout out to Zach, thank you so much for your uh, Paramount Plus login. Um, it's up on Paramount Plus. Um, so I watched it like. At 11 o'clock at night the day before I went to go see it. Um, and but Let me ask, was it really that necessary to watch the first one before you saw the second one? Uh, honestly? Like, was Cyclops' storyline that like captivating and thrilling that it needed to be seen before too? Not really, no. It okay. was, it's, <laughs> and, I was just curious. And here's the thing. Here's what I love about like Sonic and Sonic 2, these movies are 100% built like the video game with with just enough narrative bits in it to be interesting. But like the first Sonic game, you're literally a fast hedgehog beating up a weird old man turning animals into robots. Um, Sonic 2, you, you do the same thing, but you're joined by a little fox kid with two tails. Well, you're joined by a mutant with two tails. Um, you know, Sonic 3, you're doing the same thing, but on an island, and there's a red dude that wants to punch you in the face all the time. So, like... So they combine 2 and 3 into Sonic 2, the movie. Yes, yes. Okay, actually, cool, cool. Actually, they technically mind... They mind... When I tell you this thing is so Easter egg heavy, you can't walk anywhere without stepping on one. Um, Easter egg man heavy? Uh, boo. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! And and this and Easter was this past Sunday too, so that's pretty ac- That's pretty accurate too. Oh, boo! Um, but no, I I will say it. It was so much fun. Uh, if you have played anything related to Sonic the Hedgehog, watched anything related to to Sonic the Hedgehog, including the god awful Sonic Underground cartoon. It there is a reference in it for you, um, and I gotta say I was super excited um, that Colleen O'Shaughnessy, um, I said her name right, um, she she does a lot of uh, voice acting for animated series and video games. I believe she is the longest running voice actress for Tales. Um, she did Tales for the Sonic Boom video game, the Sonic Boom series, uh, the animated series. Uh, she did Tales for Sonic Dash 2. Shit, she's literally, yeah, she's literally done Tales, I want to say, for the past almost decade. 
Um, so for them to actually take a voice actress from the video games that has had such a long standing in the video games and put her in an act in the movie, I felt like that was a huge deal because I don't think they have like Michelle Yeoh, a lot of big actors voice video game characters, but it feels like it's really hard for people who start at like voice acting video game characters and animated characters to break into movies. Um, Cause I can't imagine like a bigger backhand than like you voice this character for like two decades. I believe that's the current voice actor for Sonic in the video games. Uh, and then you're like, like, Oh no, we're, we're going to go with like this super successful star, which makes sense business wise. Cause you know, you want to get enough people in the theater. Like I love Idris Elba as Knuckles. He is absolutely hilarious. Uh, that kind of deadpan comedy is great in the movie. Um, and uh, was it Bill? Not Bill. What's wrong with me? Um, ben Schwartz. Uh, ben, for those of you that don't know, Ben Schwartz vo- uh, voiced Dewey Duck in the newer DuckTales. Um, he is a really great voice actor for Sonic. Um, he knocks it out of the park again. Um, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman is hilarious and even more unhinged in this movie. Um, which kind of puts him right on par with like a mu- literally a mustache twirling um, super villain. And it's great. It's he ha- every scene he's in. Um the only thing I will say, though, one of the things I will say, though, is I feel like they need to start scaling back on the human characters. Um, I love James Mar. Honestly, they they could have just left in James Marsden and uh, Tika Sumter uh, as the Wachowskis. Um, and I would have been happy. I like Agent Stone, but I feel like we can start we can start retiring him. Uh, a bit more there's there's just a handful of side human characters that they they film scenes and i'm like i this i really didn't need this and a lot of people are saying that they actually um only the human characters that are like the heart of the series um really need to be left in it at this point um but uh i will say uh natasha rothwell as rachel which is maddie's sister she hams it up pretty good in a uh, a wedding scene, so it's it was so it was fun. Um, and then rumor the rumor mill, or actually right now it sounds like uh, Paramount Plus is ready to cash in on this, and it looks like they may be doing a Knuckles uh, series um, for Paramount Plus. Uh, so we we'll, we will see uh, where that goes, but it looks pretty good. Easter eggs abound. Uh, there's a cafe called Mean Bean, and. That is a reference to uh, one of the weird Sonic puzzle games that came out like a decade ago called uh, Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Um, Yeah, it was I was like I was looking at that and I was like, why does that sound familiar and nothing else? And it was. Yeah, no. So, yeah, when I tell you, is it like a Dr. Mario Tetris type of thing or what is it? Yeah, it's like uh, Robotnik's making like these little bean monsters and, and the machine. You're supposed to combine them. Uh, to create one it's yeah it's it's definitely it's like it's like a weird it's like a super puzzle fighter it, it makes me think of super puzzle fighter um i think it i think that came out on genesis um there's also a really cute moment where uh agent stones in the death egg and he's flipping through the the manual 
and the manual looks like the Sega Genesis instruction manual, like the original one for the Sega Genesis. And I was like, they know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, it's honest. I mean, so in, even if you don't, um, if you don't like the, uh, the video game references, it's just a fun movie. Um, there are some neat little story wise. There's some neat little parallels, uh, between Robotnik and Sonic, uh, Robotnik kind of slowly going crazy being uh, like alone on this one mushroom planet. And then Sonic at the first movie kind of being alone and using his speed to kind of simulate friends. Um, so there's, there's a nice little parallel between the two characters that happens. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cute. It's very, very cute. Um, I'm very interested in what they're going to do. They're obviously going to do a third movie. Um, I will not spoil the, uh, unless you guys don't care. I'm pretty sure you guys don't care. <laughs> they, I've had two years to see the first one. It was the only movie poster that was up for a good solid eight months <laughs> because it was the last like big movie to come out before COVID shut the world down. <laughs> and then it was released. On, I was going to say it, it was released on streaming service really fast too. Really fast. Oh, I see what I did there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, so like uh, post credit scene is uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog from the Sonic Adventure Two games. Uh, so it looks like we're we're not sure if Jim Carrey is going to make good on his promise to retire. Um, I would, <laughs> as if it was like a a threat or a promise. <laughs> like, right, I'm going to quit acting after Sonic Two. Is that a promise? <laughs> I haven't really done much. I love honestly though he's so great. he's so good as Eggman and uh, each iteration of him like the first movie he, you know he's got his hair and everything and he's and this one he's completely bald he's a little bit closer to that Eggman um, design from um, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two um, which are which is my favorite design I think it's the it's the one that's uh, very anime like but. Um, he, uh, there's even a scene where Stone is just cycling through uh, outfits for him, and there's one outfit that looks identical to that one. So um, I I feel like you can't have a third one without Eggman as the main villain. Um, I mean, you can have other antagonists, but I would absolutely love um, him to come back for the third one, for the third and five, at least one more time. Um, so yeah, no, it's great. It was fun. Um, if you need to take your kids somewhere uh if if you're if you're a weird sega head like me um and just want to take a full-on nostalgia trip definitely go see it and shout out so when they open when they open up those movies they uh do the sega uh the sega uh theme but in the background in 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 little screens is all of the sega genesis properties and in one little screen, there's one for Space Channel 5, which for those of you that don't know, is a uh, it's a rhythm dance game that takes place in like a 1960s ideal version of the future. And I need that to be the next Sega movie like now. No. I need I need no. it when I no. tell you it's you. You have Channing Tatum play Jaguar, the male lead and have him up there doing his dances I need it. I need it now. Video game movies, honestly, Sonic, Sonic, and Sonic Two are two of the top tier video game movies. I know the bar is super low, um, but that's true. 
I need my Space Channel 5 movie. I'm that much closer to getting it. Uh, I mean, it, it Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 are no 1995 Super Mario Brothers. Absolutely not. Get the fuck out but, of here. But. Get but. the fuck out. Get out of here. <laughs> get it away from me. I tried to hate watch that movie with some friends, and we couldn't even finish it. I was oh, like... Bob Haskins and John Leguizamo. As soon as his shirt goes on, I'm not even paying attention. As soon as their clothes get put back on, I'm not even paying attention. I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. So, but yeah, absolutely. It's it's worth a watch. I'm sure it's going to be on Paramount Plus uh, coming up here in the next... I, I can't remember the new streaming laws, but um, it'll be up there relatively soon because I know the Batman just popped up on HBO Max. So, like this week. So it should be uh, popping up there soon. Well, that's right. Now we can now we can spend four days watching the Batman. <laughs> Just parcel it out in like forty five minute increments and see how I go, how I get hey, through literally, it. Literally, what I've been doing. I started it yesterday and I watched like the first forty five, and I was like, "All right, pause that. Come back tomorrow for the next installment." <laughs> hey, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I like that whole idea of because. We're so used to watching series like that. We're so used to watching series like very, um, like like you 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 can binge a series if you want, but you can literally watch watch watch. Oh hey, there's a cliffhanger here. You know what? I'm gonna take a break, go grab dinner, you know, watch something else. You know, be productive. Go outside, touch some grass, um, and then walk children in nature. <laughs> What? Touch some grass? What are you? What are we talking that, about here? What that's that? that's a that was apparently been a thing where like that's some form of self care is going outside and like in, physically interacting with nature. Like so so people people when people are like, have you had some water? Are you okay? Have you touched some grass today? Have you <laughs> spoken to a plant in your home? Maybe. Um, <laughs> But I mean, you I laugh, don't talk but, to mine. It's still mad at me because I don't know how to take care of it. You you it laugh. Still but has, I, it, it still has green like prongs to it. So I haven't killed it officially. But I, I have three succulents that I swiped from a wedding uh, in my bathroom that I've actually been taking. They're really hard to kill, but I've actually been taking successful care of them. And I, I noticed this morning that occasionally I just kind of poke and touch on them. Because when, when you water them, they get really engorged with water. So I just kind of poke at it. And I'm like, is this my version of touching grass? Is this is this enriching my life somehow? Because I don't know how long I've been doing it. Like, the wedding was about four or five months ago. So I'm like, have I been molesting my plants this entire time and just dissociated it out of my mind? Yes. Yes, you but have. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, yeah. when, I, when I started working for the company that I'm working for now, they sent us a succulent as a gift because one of the merchants on the platform, I guess, it, it, like it's part of, I don't know, it's part of their deal. And they sent this little like this little succulent, but no instructions on how to care for it. And the thing is, like, if you look up how to take care of a succulent. There's like a million different types of succulents and they all care differently. All it literally was, was um, a cylinder, like a cardboard cylinder with our company logo on the front and a little like eyedropper 
And that's it. And they said, here's your new plant. Post it on social media. And I'm like, uh, first off, no. <laughs> because <laughs> you will you will not be posting. I will not be posting hashtag grow with Groupon on my personal Instagram story with me in underwear. No, that is not happening. That is not how this works. That is not how any of this works. And uh, I need instructions on how to take care of this thing because I have no idea how to do that. I've only like killed off four or five like prongs of it. The rest of it still alive. So <laughs> good, I guess. I don't touch it every day, so I don't I don't go out and touch grass. <laughs> see, that's see that's your problem. Maybe it needs to clean up to- after my dog, so like there is a <laughs> there you go. There is you a to- plastic barrier between my hand and his shit and the ground, but <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Oh, and, and uh, before we move over um, to the next topic, Paramount Plus actually did fully acknowledge that the that Sonic uh, movie three is officially in development, and next year there will be an original Knuckles series with Idris Elba. So they they officially tweeted that out. So can I just tell you that anytime you mention Idris Elba, like I know that there's a, a ton of other things that should go through my mind when I hear the name Idris Elba. Uh huh. But instead, all I hear is, we can go riding around on my scooter. <laughs> if you've never heard um, um, London Boy by Taylor Swift from her album Lover, when she was filming Cats with with Idris, she has this voice clip of him saying, we could go riding around on my scooter. <laughs> and it's at the beginning of London Boy. And it is... Of the first thing that I think about when I hear the name Idris Elba. <laughs> Just throwing that out for everybody. Maybe somebody listening can empathize with me for that. <laughs> uh, but I need to know, BJ. Yes. Was there as blatant of a product placement in Sonic 2 as there was in Sonic 1 with the Olive Garden? Oh, absolutely, yes. Was oh, it Olive Garden again, or what was it? No, it was it was it was in fact Olive Garden, and the best part is that um, so they they introduced Gun, which is the global United like how is that Guardian United Nations, um, uh, and that's a that's a government group in like Sonic Adventure Two, and the the government official at the end of the first movie gives them a gift card to Olive Garden, and then invites them to brunch. At the Olive Garden, which I don't think they do. And at one point, he shows back up in the movie. And then he's like, he he's just, one of them goes, there's no Olive Garden on this island. He goes, actually, yes, there is. And, and I'm just like, these bitches, they're not. <laughs> I Unlimited breadsticks and mimosas at the Olive Garden brunch. But I appreciate... I appreciate their hustle because I figured you could easily get like a shoe company like Nike. Any shoe company would totally jump on like, let's do let's do Sonic shoes, which I think Nike did for the first movie. Um, But they're going to have do they have blood in the in the soul? (laughs) No, they don't. They don't have sealed blood in the soul, but. Yeah, no, I was like, out of all of your sponsors, you guys got Olive Garden. It's very similar to the Krispy Kreme 
thing that they did for the Power Power Rangers Rangers movie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like with so much time between Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, they heard all of the jokes and just said, you know what, fuck it. We're going to lean in even harder (laughs) into the Olive Garden uh, product placement for Sonic 2. I, I absolutely could see Ben Schwartz being like, Hey, let's just do the Olive Garden. Like I could see him walking around, round in the sound booth, being like, "You guys want to get Olive Garden? Let's do all. Let's let's pick up Olive Garden." And some studio execs like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." And Ben Schwartz being like, "I've never talked. I've never. I know." But the fact that they had James Marsden and Tika Sumter literally do the catchphrase because <laughs> when you're here, you're family. Like that. That's the one thing that just stuck out for me, and like everything. Yeah. for the first one <laughs> all right so bj what is your flame rating for sonic 2 more sonics is 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 <laughs> too many sonics um <laughs> sonic 2 red sonic and blue sonic um I, i'll give it a three out of five all right all right well that is sonic 2 coming to a streaming platform called paramount plus in the very near future if you would like to go watch it all right dear listeners we thank you for joining us it is uh, always a pleasure to have you listen to our pop culture roundups you can check out our website and uh, find all of our social media platforms find our youtube channel find our twitches all of the good stuff by going to flameonshow.com you can even check out our threadless shop and purchase your own Flame On swag. And you can check out a link to our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Flame On Show. Where you can join at any one of our four levels. And um, get some great perks and swag there as well. We love all of our patrons. We love all of our listeners. First time, multiple listener, long time listener. All of you that are out there, anybody that is listening, we love and appreciate you because you keep us doing what we're doing because you're listening. So check out our website, flameonshow.com, and make sure you go and check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. We got one more topic to discuss so let's dive into what i'm gonna talk about and that is a petite little dainty show called lizzo's watch out 
for the big girls. Girls. Which is a reality competition series. Uh, let's see. According to Game Show's wiki, because I, there isn't just like a regular wiki page for this. Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls is a one-hour reality series that follows Lizzo, a.k.a. Melissa Jefferson, as she searches for a confident, badass, or as she searches for, not for a, for confident, badass women to join the ranks of the big girls for her world tour. Really, it starts with um, them essentially auditioning for the tour by making their way to her Bonnaroo performance. And that is kind of like the ultimate final audition. So it is a, an eight episode limited series on Amazon prime video. And uh, the episodes run about 45 or so minutes. And it follows originally 13 girls that come in and do a one-on-one audition for Lizzo and she talks to them and then they do some freestyle dancing and they were all sent uh i think it was eight bars or 16 bars of choreo that the girls do on any given performance for if the music is to be believed because they played it repeatedly it is for tempo her song with missy elliott from her first album because i love you yeah it's so good and um you get to meet these girls and get a bit of their story from that first audition. She then has them learn some more choreo, breaks them into groups and they do a battle. And she lets them know that while there are 13 girls auditioning, there are only 10 spots on the stage at Bonnaroo that are up for up for grabs as far as for this audition process. We get to see a variety of of women from younger 20s who are kind of exploring dance and breaking boundaries as um, TikTok and social media influencers in with body positivity and their dancing and, and kind of bringing this real just overly abundant positive vibe and message to the world. You've got some that turn to dance because they were there at five years old and saw their father shot and killed by police and use dance to kind of cope with the trauma. And that has shaped them into the person that they are. Um, You have a trans woman who is dealing with everything from you know being kind of picked on for being too feminine to be masculine too masculine to be feminine too big to all of this and is one of um from the get-go one of lizzo's favorites from the audition tape and there's a whole journey that she goes through in this this process um and just there's a whole plethora of stories and a whole wide variety of people that in, in life experiences, there is a South Korean um, girl who one of the challenges through the, the series is being comfortable in your own skin, which leads to a nude photo shoot. And there is a, a lot of conversation around her 
because she is very she's very hesitant to do it because her fallback plan if she doesn't make it as a dancer is to become a teacher in South Korea where Korean culture as she explains her mom is Korean a very kind of conservative Korean woman and her dad is white and she's been raised in that culture of you keep yourself covered up uh, being demure and modest is what is really kind of the the driving force around women in Korean culture. So when she talks about this and her backup plan to be a teacher, she's like, if they can search my name and they find a nude photo of me on the internet. Now, mind you, it's not just like, hey, here are my titties and my vagina. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like, that's not how these these photos are done. They're all done very artful and tastefully. But she's like, honest, even in a bikini or underwear, she's like, they won't hire me. And this is, you know, I want to be a dancer. But if that doesn't work out, I've spent all of this money on my schooling to do this. So there's kind of a whole uh, growth and and realization and, and kind of a journey even just in her own mind to be able to say, do I want to commit myself to my goal of being a dancer? Is that my, is that going to be, you know, this, is that going to be it for me? Do I want to take this, this leap? And she does, she modifies it. She wears skin colored, you know, undergarments for the shoot and, and modifies it to make herself feel comfortable because as my friend Jamie, friend of the pod, um, who is kind of the one that that told me about the? I knew the show was there, but he mentioned it and had brought uh, brought up that I should watch it. He compared it to, in essence, to the Great British Bake Off, and the fact that it is a competition, but it is very much a feel good, um, positive competition series. There aren't steady eliminations. You know, we don't start with 10. You know, we start with 13 and we we only have 10 spots. So there is kind of, there is a cut that happens at the beginning, but this isn't like every week where it's like, okay, you've got to go home. Okay, you don't make it. You don't, there are these 10 spots that are there in this show at Bonnaroo. So if they do what they need to do and they really push themselves and they're, they're going to do this, they could potentially all make it to this performance. They don't. Spoiler alert. <laughs> there are eliminations <laughs> that happen. Um, the villain of the season. <laughs> There's one girl that I was like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm texting him as I'm watching all of these episodes. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, this girl really is the villain of the season. Like, they are just pitting her against everyone. And um, to the point where they do these music videos like they're split into three groups and they have to, they're given a section of the house because they live in the big girl's mansion. Like this place is really gorgeous. And they're given a song. Uh, I think it's Missy Elliott's We Run This. And they are do like, they, they get to create a little music video and they're challenged to be creative and think outside of the box. And one of the girls, the quote unquote villain, she's as close to a villain that we get in this season or this series stops and flirts with the director and i'm like ma'am 
And the, like they talk about being professional, how like th- all these girls are an extension of Lizzo when they're on a music video set. Yeah. And she stops and she's like, is she, she asks if she can, you know, speak to her. And she she's just like, I just want to tell you that I think you're really sexy. And I'm like, ma'am, not her, not her flirting with the director. And mind you, I'm cooking breakfast at this point because I watched two episodes on what on Friday night, and then I watched six episodes Saturday. <laughs> and I, like, I must have paused it, and I made a comment. I texted him uh, a comment about that, and then I finished watching the episode. And Lizzo calls it out at the end, and she's like, um, "We need to have a talk <laughs> in front of everybody." And is like, you know, that's not uh, that's not professional. <laughs> you need to be professional when you're on set, and. And I was like, wow. I was like, all right. I was like, look at them coming for this. But it it is during certain episodes, they do different um, classes with the girls to get them in touch with themselves and um, their bodies, their sensuality, their even just kind of building a respect for yourself. And a love for yourself because these are all plus size women that are doing something that is typically a petite, thin, fit world of dance. And sitting there as as a, as a bear, as a husky dude, uh, when they're doing these classes, it it kind of gives you a minute to think about like yourself and try to realize that these are all things that I should be doing for myself. These are all things that I should be thinking about for myself. Um, There was one point and I forget what the class was, but they were sitting on the floor and the woman was like, I want you to breathe in and then breathe out all of the hurt and the trauma of the last 18 months and it was just like, oh, God, like, I can't do this right now because I'm just going to start crying on my couch. But <laughs> like legit, one of the girls just kind of broke down because she was like, I realize that I don't breathe. You know, I lost my grandmother to COVID and I didn't breathe. I, you know, this happened because of COVID and I didn't breathe. So to just breathe out that hurt it just released so much. And I was like, God damn, like this is, there really is for being a dance competition show. There are so many positive messages that can be taken away from it that it's just, it's, it's astounding. Um, so as we get to it, and then the, the last kind of funny part about the, the quote unquote villain, she had a reverse Laganja Estranja moment. Because she got called out about the the flirting with the director. And then this was the, the music video episode. So um, Jayla, who is uh, the, the trans woman who uh, was on the show. Um, Charity, who is a, a much darker skinned uh, black girl who has, uh, I think she may have hair issues. So she like always has a, a very close shaved head. And um, I forget the other one. I'm so mad at myself for, I, I, I was trying to remember all the names, but their group won and they were all given the juice award. And like, everybody was like all excited. And it was like, you know, 
uh, Lizzo is like, if anybody tells you that you can't do it, you need to tell them to shut the fuck up, even if it's yourself. And like one of the girls is like, you know, shut the fuck up. Like, and, like telling herself, it was this whole like heartfelt moment. And then Jasmine <laughs> was like, can I just say something? <laughs> And she was like, I just didn't expect this moment and like made the whole thing about how she was upset that she like did something that had her talk to like that in in front of everybody. And all of the confessionals are like, way to make this moment about you. I was like, <laughs> it really just felt like a reverse Laganja at that moment where she had to take the moment away from everybody else and put it on her. But as uh, our friend Chris in Florida said when I told him that I was watching the show, he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, is that the, the, the Lizzo show about a competition for a performance that never happened in a tour that uh, never materialized? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Hurricane Ida washed out Bonnaroo last year. So this whole thing that they were working towards didn't actually happen. So in turn, they went to the next stop, which was, um, I forget. It's kind of like in Lizzo's, home turf of where she started her solo career and uh they did the performance and then she ends up cutting a couple of the girls at the end of it that don't make it to tour with her um but if you saw any of lizzo's um facebook like stories a little while ago or if you want if you keep up with her stuff she did a pop-up show in new york before she did saturday night live Oh yeah, and the big girls from the show were there giving up, giving out pizza to people standing in line, and it also included some of the girls that did not make it all the way to tour. So she is still working with and and giving opportunities to these girls, and I mean she spent a lot of time with them. She spent you know a month and a half or two months with these girls, and and it's good to see that they are still getting to grow and develop. But it also gave us uh, a glimpse into one of the songs called Naked, which I guess was supposed to be the follow-up song after Rumors that it looks like did not materialize as a single. Um, But we also were just treated to the next single off of Lizzo's upcoming album called About Damn Time. I love it so much. It's so good. It's Bad Bitch O'Clock, and it's Thick 30. Thick Thick 30. Thick thirty, my new my new uh, catchphrase. <laughs> it's thick thirty, um, but yeah. So I mean, I, I I didn't even save that for like an add on into the one up because I got some music stuff. But uh, Lizzo's "Watch Out for the Big Girls," her her new song, the album, all of this. It's it's a it's a Lizzo summer. So go enjoy it. It's six uh, eight episodes of forty five minutes. So you're talking about six-ish hours that you're going to be devoting to this. Watch it. Feel the feels. Feel the warmth and the love. Even when these girls get eliminated or not asked to go on tour, it's done in such a a positive and uplifting way and just really honoring and respecting the work that they've done, telling them what they need to work on and that like, at the end of the concert, when she tells there's two girls that she doesn't ask to go on tour with her, She's like, if there's a music video, if there's a performance, if there's this, I will call you. I will, you know, I will have you come back and do these things. Just because like those, a lot of the, the issue is endurance and doing 90 minute concerts multiple times on a tour Yeah, was not in their wheelhouse. But a music video, a performance, you know, like these are all things that they were 
they've gotten experience with now. It, it just it just felt so good. It was just such a feel good moment. And Lizzo's a damn treasure of a person. So, and there's appearances by SZA and um, a bunch of other people that are just great like characters throughout this whole thing and, and just great people. So can't recommend it enough. Watch out for the big girls on Amazon prime video. Go check it out. All right. Time for our one ups. These are the things that are giving me life and it's everything. <laughs> I haven't watched the masterclass. So my voice as an instrument is not perfected yet. So, Soon. Soon, I'd say. All right. Let's uh, go the other way around. Brian, why don't you kick us off? What is your one-up for this episode? So I wanted to give a quick little mini one-up to Coachella because I have never, ever I don't know her. (laughs) I've never really (laughs) ever cared about music festivals in really real tangible sense. Like, they're interesting, and yeah, I would never probably go to one. However... Well, that's not true. I guess I've been to them, but not in that traditional, like, multi-stage, you know, whatever. Uh, But, like, Coachella this year booked some surprising choices, and the performances have been available online for people to watch. Uh, I will say specifically two that caught my eye, and I'm sure there are more. Uh, Danny Elfman, who is at Surprisingly ripped. (laughs) At 68 years old, which I actually, I don't know, in my head, I... I like he was older, but only in the sense that he's been around forever. But 68, dude looks amazing, shirtless, up there rocking it to his music. And I don't just mean his Oingo Boingo stuff. I don't just mean his solo stuff. I mean his orchestral soundtracks. He got a full or, you know, full enough orchestra up on stage and was playing like The Simpsons and some other stuff. Unbelievable from what I saw of also the visuals they did for his newest uh, album is, is pretty trippy and crazy. And Utadu, uh, I'm going to say her name wrong. How can I say her name wrong? Simple and clean. Hikaru Utada? Thank you. How dare you, sir? Listen, I don't know what it is with their name. By the way, they're they're non-binary. I did did learn that. I think we may have even talked about it. Anyway, uh, but I will tell you, uh, their performance was well-intended. But when you actually go to listen to it, uh, just just be ready to just you know go with it. It's a it's a it's a it's challenged. I, I'm guessing that they could not hear themselves very well in the mix because. Uh, uh, but but I love that the programmers for this uh, this this festival decided to book those two because that's uh, that's not what I would have ever expected from uh, from that kind of festival. Um, so go look the, look those up on Twitter. I think mostly those are where they're at. Uh, but my big one up is for upload. Season two finally came out. Oh. If you're not familiar with this, is a uh, Amazon Prime sci-fi speculative fiction show about the near future where you can basically upload your consciousness into a an MMO for the afterlife. And uh, season two did, or season one had an end, uh, like a cliffhanger ending uh, with Steve ML's character being frozen because he reached his bandwidth cap, uh, being stuck down in the 2G uh, sort of segment of the uh, of the afterlife, digital afterlife. <laughs> Not the two G, three G. No, damn, two G. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's it, it it kicks back up pretty quickly into what it what made it special in the first season. Uh, exploring 
sort of like it's 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 the guy who did the office greg daniels so it's got a lot of great satire baked throughout about like modern companies and then their futuristic equivalents if you will and not even like uh calling it you know something else like no straight up like you know uh whole foods is bought by like you know uh playboy or something like it's random and weird and and the way they kind of mix and match and sort of show future trends anyway uploads great uh, it's a fairly short season. It does end on another cliffhanger, but we're all hoping, especially now, <laughs> that they're going to at least do a third season to uh, to continue the adventures. So Upload is back on Amazon Prime, and you should check it out. I need to watch season two. I watched season one, and I know that back, 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 back in the day, Josh talked about it as uh, one of his topics, and I, I saw that it was out. I need to watch season two. All right, BJ, what you got? All right, so um, real quickly, Love, Death, and Robots Season 3 is coming out May 20th. Uh, so that is um, my little side mention. And if was you a had, season 2? Uh, season Damn. 3, yeah. I know, I know, but there was a Season 2? Yeah. <laughs> I missed that completely. Because <laughs> I think you talked about Season 1, probably back around the time that we talked about Upload. I think so, yeah. Um, also... Um, if those of you that have been listening very, very closely, I have mentioned a superhero twice uh, this today in the uh, podcast recording, and that is because for my one-up, I did not know that um, Kevin Conroy is gay. Like, had no where, idea. What, where voice you of Batman. Where, where voice, have you been? Oh, don't you start, Mr. Like, you deep dive into like comic, like art, art. Uh, what is it? Art inspirations for comic book artists. I don't want to hear it from you. I'm just saying you're, that this you're is. Perc- the, I saw someone post this, and it was actually a whole thing about how. Oh my god, how do we? It's like, girl, he's been out for a decade or more. I mean, he's been out for a while, but it is yeah. still a delight that more and more people are realizing this. And uh, paying the homage and respect to, to the to the master voice talent that is Kevin Con- and and actor, he has shown up in a few things as well. He's been um, Batman. He has yeah. been Batman, old old man Batman. I think. Yeah. Yes. Who who had who uh, had a male lover, and it was uh, the Crisis event. Yeah, that version, right. that variant of Bat of Bruce Wayne had yeah. a had a boyfriend and everything living with him, a black boyfriend, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, a black boyfriend living up in the in the uh, in the uh, Wayne Manor. But also a big thing is that he um, he is writing on the Pride special uh, for for coming out for DC Comics. So uh, that's I coming. I found out that he's he was he's a born and raised Long Islander. He's See, my people. See, I knew that. See, I knew he was from. I knew he was from Long Island. How? It was the weirdest. It was the most surreal thing to me because I'm sitting there and I'm like, and when I think about it, I'm like, no, that's pretty obvious. Like, I, I it, but like, yeah, no. So, so it wasn't until I was looking up. Uh, I was looking up stuff for DC Pride 2022, um, and he is going to be writing. Um, uh, which story is it? Um, he is writing. Um, uh, it's a section. It's a segment called "Finding Batman," and Jay Boone is the artist. Um, so I am very much looking forward to that. And now I want to go back and rewatch everything involving him. 
and overanalyze it like a weird uh, homosexual who is almost forty. So that's what that's what I that's what I'm going to spend part of my evening doing instead of my reading for grad school. Um, so still have an A in the class. <laughs> Was that your big announcement, or are you saving that for the very end of the show? No, no, that was that was that was the big thing I wanted to announce. Is that wow. that one Kevin Conroy's gay, but more so he will be writing a story. It was a bit, it was a bit, it's a bigger deal that he's going to be writing uh, writing something uh, for the DC Pride event um, for 2022, which I loved their last one, so I'm actually very excited for their Pride book uh, for this year. So, um, and that's all I got. Nice. All right, so a couple of things from me. First off, um, I did not know this until the other day when somebody on my Twitter feed said that their Janelle Monet book was going to be arriving in a day or two. But uh, Janelle Monet has a book that just released today as we are recording on the 19th of April. It's called The Memory Librarian and Other Stories of Dirty Computer. Uh, it is a... Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to give a good description of uh, of what this is. Uh, I'll read a little a little description from it. Janelle Monet and uh, and an incredible array of talented collaborating creators have written a collection of tales comprising the bold vision and powerful themes that have made Monet such a compelling and celebrated storyteller. Dirty Computer introduced a world in which thoughts as a mean of self-conception, could be controlled or erased by a select few. And whether human, AI, or other, your life and sentience was dictated by those who'd convinced themselves they had the right to decide your fate. That was until Jane 57821 decided to remember and break free. Expanding from that mythos, these stories fully explore what it's like to live in such a totalitarian existence and what it takes to get out of it. So for those of you who've been around for a while or who know me know that dirty computer is probably one of my all time favorite albums as a whole. Um, I have it tattooed on my wrist, uh, the emotion picture 42 or so minutes of just amazingness. If you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and do that. And now this book is going to expand that world, uh, through stories by Janelle Monet herself and other storytellers, uh, this Afrofuturistic world. And, I'm excited. I am going to be purchasing a copy and going to force myself to read it. I'm not a book reader, but I'm going to. Um, obviously, the uh, I made a brief mention of a second piece at the beginning of the one-ups portion. But Masterclass uh, with Mariah Carey and the voice as an instrument is now currently out, including a confirmation from her that... She, I believe it's in the class itself. She works with Brandy and re-recorded her song, The Roof, which was a sultry and seductive song um, from her Butterfly album. Oh, God, I'm going to lose my my Mariah Carey gay card if I got that wrong. Uh, And I'm not looking (laughs) it up, but I'm pretty sure it's Butterfly. Um, Amazing song. If you haven't seen it, there's also a remix with Mob Depp. I believe on the, on the track, uh, great song. And I'm excited to hear with Brandy doing the, uh, the background vocals for it. So if you are a Mariah Carey fan, like I am uh, masterclass with Mariah Carey, letting you into the butterfly lounge for the first time ever. So, and teaching you the voice as an instrument, 
super exciting. Last bit on the music front that I will talk about. Trixie Mattel has announced what some are speculating to be her final uh, albums. There are two because I guess in in something that she had said uh, was that she basically has kind of come to the logical conclusion and she's done as much as she can as a musician or a drag musician. But she is releasing two albums, the Pink and the Blonde album, if I am not mistaken. And the biggest piece of amazingness for me, as a callback to earlier in this episode, one of the featured artists on, I believe, the Pink album is Michelle Branch. Trixie Mattel and Michelle Branch are doing a song together, and I cannot wait for it. I am so excited. My gay little heart just got oh went through the roof when i saw that so have you seen or heard come on loretta i haven't i saw the um the preview like clip for it on in on social media it's on you know they put them up on all the, the platforms um i saw i saw the video clip with oh shit uh there was like michael a video henry? teaser and it, what's that michael henry's in it but i don't know yes uh, yeah as the ball boy yeah I need somebody though, and I could probably Google and figure this out, but I have not yet. She plays; she's a, it's a tennis, it's a tennis match, right? And she plays somebody, and I can't place who that is. It almost looks like Adam Sandler, but I know it's not Adam Sandler. But if someone could help me figure out who her opponent is, and if if it's anyone, I should know. Also, I believe Leland from Drag Race, uh, all the music stuff they're doing these days. I believe the he's in there. Piani? Yes, the new Lucian Piani, the less less uh, crazy uh, whatever one, uh, less problematic yeah, Lucian. Less, less problematic. I, I think he's in the video. I think he's in the band. Uh, so I didn't know if that had if, if I didn't realize that he was also working with her. Not that I should be shocked, but uh, if someone could help me figure out who the uh, tennis player that she plays is uh, plays against, I would love that because it's driving me crazy. But it's a great video. It's cute. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. I have not had a chance. Um, I know it just came out recently, but uh, I'm excited and I can't wait for Trixie Motel to come out and I can't wait for the Pink and Blonde albums to come out because I love me some Trixie Motel music. I have video games, her cover of video games on one of my playlists. I listen to it often. Um, yeah. So a lot of music in my world right now and I love it. I, I'm stoked because... Uh, Haley Kyoko is going out on tour this this summer. I missed the Fletcher tour. Oh, one last thing, and I will throw this out there, and then we'll we will wrap up. Uh, I got to see Man on Man. So, oh, how was that? It was interesting. I couldn't <laughs> hear them. Oh, I was the old man at the club. <laughs> like it was at this it was at this this little music venue. Um, they were they want they had two opening acts. I can't remember the second one. The first opening act was Bev Rage and the Drinks. So beverage and the drinks. Uh, <laughs> a drag queen fronted rock and roll band based out of Chicago. So I talked to Bev after the show. So I'm gonna see about trying to uh, get her on, do a little chatty chat. But uh, like they were cool. They had some some fun little songs. And then second act went up. It felt very, um, felt very, very Enya-y, very like spacey, 
but it, it sounded like the same music for a good 40 minutes straight. And I was nodding off in the back because I'm old and it was, it was late. Was, was it facilitating your release from consciousness? <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I'm Julie. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> and then man, oh man came up to perform and their sound mix was really bad. It was all music and I could barely hear them. And what I could hear was good and was cool and they did a great job, but I could barely hear the words. And that's like, I want to hear them singing. Like I want to hear the songs. And for the audience, like they may not know who man on man is. How would you describe them uh, as an act? So man on man, um, if you know, if you know of, or have listened to faith, no more, Roddy Bottoms is from the band Faith No More. He and his partner, uh, Joey Holman, who's a musician as well, and uh, in his younger days was in a Christian rock band, I believe is what he was saying. Oh, no way. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So when COVID hit, Joey's mom had recently passed away, and Roddy's mom got sick, so they drove from New York to California Brought some instruments with them because they had a quarantine, obviously, for a couple of weeks. And they had never written music together before. So they started kind of writing songs to and about each other. And it grew into a musical endeavor. Um, I would say they're kind of a rockish, punk, pop, rock kind of experience. Um, daddy is the first video that was released like early on in 2020 when they, they were doing this, this project and, um, they have songs like stoner and 1983. And I think one is like pig boy. Uh, (laughs) and that was actually one of the ones I really liked. I can't remember, remember the, uh, the full name, but, um, they're interesting. Go check them out. Daddy is like, blew up on YouTube was taken down like YouTube like pulled it for quote unquote terms violations. And then they got it put back up and it's done numbers for them. Um, Dipper was on a bunch of their, their dates as the opener for them. Um, And then I actually found out that they were performing because uh, they use the apps to promote. And um, Roddy sent out a growler shout. So I was chatting with him for a little bit before the show and uh, bought a t-shirt got a picture with them and uh, got to meet them. So it was really cool. So lots of good music stuff happening in my world. And as most of you all know, I love me some music. So go check out man on man, go check, check out come on Loretta and Trixie's pink and blonde album. Check out dirty computer by Janelle Monet and all of her great stuff. Um, and check out Mariah and check out the roof. If you haven't listened to the roof, go listen to the roof because that is a good song, the roof breakdown. And then just listen to caution because it deserves more love. Okay, you need you need to post some of this on on the Facebook page. <laughs> I, I, you just listed like four artists and five songs. <laughs> you oh need. My. They have. I was gonna say, go on YouTube and 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 throw something up. I'll put some. <laughs> I'll put some videos up there. I'll put the 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 masterclass uh, like promo trailer up there. I'll put some stuff up on on Facebook. BJ, now you know what my life was like for like <laughs> six years. <laughs> 
So, no, I will definitely put some of that stuff up there because those, there are a lot of great musicians and uh, some great indie musicians in there as well. So uh, those links will be up on the Facebook page very shortly. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and listening to us this month. Again, you can check us out online on our website at flameonshow.com. There you can find all of our social media links, our Twitch links, our uh, our Threadless shop. All of that is up on our, our website. And you can also find a link to our Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Join at any one of the four levels that we have available and help support this program. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on this journey. And we'll be back in two more weeks with another microsode, which might be a super duper drag race spectacular. And I might call in some reinforcements to dish on the drag race. We'll see. We'll see. There's some Twitter people that that I I, I think would be a good addition um, that have, have some opinions and hot takes. And y'all have heard the shit that we talk. So a couple of extra voices might be fun to throw into the mix. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. Bye, bitch. Bye. See ya. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.